We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. Let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Lord, we just give you glory and honor today. We thank you, Lord, for being able to spend time in your word. And Lord, we ask that you teach us today, Holy Spirit. Teach us your truth in your word today. And our hearts will be open to receive what you have to say to us today, Lord. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you know the Holy Spirit, He is such a great teacher. Uh, He wants to teach us, lead us, and guide us into all the truth. Okay, so let's start out. We're in James chapter 4. Today, the idol is time. The time that we neglect giving God. And so we're repenting for that today. Uh, being real with him in this group about time so let's go ahead and get started we're in James chapter 4 James 4 from whence come wars and fightings among you come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members ye lust and have not ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Okay, bam! That is powerful, bride. He says right here, why do we war and fights? Because we lust for things. And then he says, you have not, because you ask not. Well, when we spend time with God, we're able to ask him. Right, bride? Alright, let's keep going. Ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your 
He knows our heart. Adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. All right. Right there. That is a powerful statement. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Bribe, why do you think God says that? Because we have to not love the world. Because if we do, we will be we will go amiss. We will go and serve other lovers. God does not want us to do that. He's jealous for us. He wants our time and he wants our attention. So he says right here in verse 4, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. When I'm doing this study on the ecumenical movement, that is what I'm saying about all these ministries, all these people that partner with the Pope. Why would you do that? This is the one world religion. This is the great harlot. This is the great whore that is pulling in the spirit of Antichrist. The Antichrist himself is going to partner with this thing. And then you've attached to it. You see what I mean? We cannot be friends with the world and what the world is doing on that. Let's keep going, Brian. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. I want to pause right there because this explains grace. Uh, grace is being twisted today. Uh, the true grace, really it just gives you the strength to endure, the, the grace to be able to go forward. Uh, you look at people with uh, children that have autism and you think, how can they do that? Like, it would just, you know, I don't know if I could handle that type of deal. But you watch them and you know that is the grace of God. You see President Trump. He is in a slaughterhouse every day. And this man gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning and works to like midnight. And he's in his 70s. And he doesn't even get paid for what he does. And gives money from his company, his profits he makes from foreign countries, and pours it back into the national debt. Hello? <laughs> you, know? you know? You know that's the grace of God on that man. But that's the grace that we need. When we ask for grace... Uh, it's for us to be able to do what God has called us to do, not a grace to sin. That's where a lot of these uh, ministers are leaving people wrong when they're giving them an excuse to sin. God does not approve of that at all. Let's keep going. We're in verse 5. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Okay, right there. <clears throat> I'm sorry, that was verse 7. When it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Now listen, Bride. <laughs> Y'all know, some days we have to force ourselves. Because our flesh does not want to do these things sometimes. Amen? We have to tell yourself, you gotta say, I command you to come under the will of the Lord. You old flesh, you better shut up. Because the will of the Lord trumps. I mean, you have to force yourself sometimes. 
<clears throat> That's what it means right here. When it says, submit yourself. Submit yourself. <laughs> Do it your own darn self. Tell yourself to get in position. Therefore, to God, resist. Duh, bride, resist takes action. Faith without works is dead. It's action. You're saying, I resist you, devil. I will not look at that man lustfully. I will not uh, <clears throat> follow that temptation, whatever it may be. Because remember, bride, I told you the other day, it's not a sin to be tempted. The devil tempts everyone. And sometimes your own lust, your own lust for you, you know, will cause that. So you just have to not act on it. You have to not consider it or ponder it. You have to cast it down. The Bible says, casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the word of the Lord. So when the thought comes, when the thing comes at you, your part in it is to resist the devil. Like it says right here in verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We're on verse 8 now. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wow. Look what God is calling this right here. Double-minded? Double-minded because you want to have one foot in the world and one foot out? You want to tamper with the world? Tickle the demons? <coughs> when you are mixing <coughs> excuse me let me get a drink excuse me okay when you're mixing that's what you're doing bride God hates mixture he's saying don't be double minded that's what double mindedness is one foot over here in the world and one foot in the church. And the Bible, he says, right here, right there uh, in verse, what scripture is it? Um, okay, verse 4 where it says, Whosoever is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. No double-mindedness. Let the world go. Let it go. Uh, we're not going to partner with the great whore. We're not going to partner with the devil. We're not going to uh, partner with porno, pornography. You know what I mean. We're not going to partner with the works of darkness. Okay, let's keep going. Now we're on verse 9. And mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Wait a minute. Why does he say that? Why does he say that? Remember I told you when we're talking about the emergent church. I'm trying to teach you, Brad. When I'm talking about the emergent church, it can seem like a false joy. It can seem, it almost gets off into goofiness, you know. Because he's saying, be sober, people. Wake up. Let your joy turn to heaviness, meaning... Don't celebrate the world because the emergent church has blended. They have blended the world into the church and they celebrate sin. They celebrate, you know, the toxicity of it. Okay, let's keep going. Now we're in verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord 
shall lift you up. Yes, Lord. Speak not evil one of another brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law but a judge. Okay, let me pause right there. Because when I did the broadcast last night, uh, the broadcast revealing what's happening with IHOP and with Mike Bickle, I started it off saying, I just want y'all to know I respect this man. I'm not here trying to trash him. I'm not trashing him personally. I'm not going after his personal life. And I'm not speaking evil of him. I'm just revealing what he has partnered with which is this one world religion and the gray horn, we cannot participate in that. I'm just revealing his act. I'm not putting him down and calling him evil type of deal. <clears throat> okay, let's keep going. Forgiver, who is able to save and to destroy, who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Okay, right here he's saying, what are you doing with your time? You're being flippant with your time. Because in verse 13 he says, go to now you that say today or tomorrow we will go into a city. In other words, you're planning your whole entire life like you're not keeping God in the equation. Let's keep going. But as ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Right. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Okay, Brad, let me tell you, for I'd say about four and a half years ago, the Lord sent me on a journey. Four and a half years ago, by the way, is when I completely surrendered to the Lord 100% and went into ministry full-time, went through great suffering and whatever. <clears throat> it was my time of testing. Well, the Lord, for 18 months, made me do hospice. Uh, he made me pray for people on their deathbed. And I'm going to tell you, I know the reason that he did that is because he taught me about time. You know, I prayed for people all the way in their 40s, all the way to 110 on their deathbed. And did you know that those people, when they're on their deathbed, they're not saying, Oh, I wish I had my beautiful house right here with me. <laughs> Oh, I wish I had my car laying in the casket with me. Oh, I wish I would have had a better career. No, that is not what they're saying on their deathbed. On their deathbed, they're wondering, where is my children? What is my relationship with the Lord? I'm about to cross over into eternity. Am I ready? That is what people on their deathbed are thinking. And the Lord showed me about time. You know, to that 110-year-old lady, her 110 years on this earth was a fleeting moment. Her amount of time when she gets to heaven, her amount of time is just as heavy and equates the same to God as the one that was 40. Yes. What did you do with what you had on earth? I had prayed with people over in Pakistan, ministers in Pakistan, and I, when I was preaching, I told them, listen, uh, you may have five minutes or five days or five years left, but what you do with that time 
that you have left, you're going to be held accountable to God for that. Because we all have just an allotted amount of time, and that's it. And what you do during that time, you are held accountable for that. Because God can do more in five minutes. He can do more in five days, in five years, than 50 years of self-satisfying, self-gratification. The identity of the world, loving the world <clears throat> more than God, more than his agenda, more than his purpose. And did you know that you can even be in ministry, church? You can even be in ministry and love the world more than you do God. Because, well, how can you do that, you say? Well, because I can be more concerned about what people think of me and pleasing the world and trying to build my kingdom and my church than I am trying to build God and people and trying to raise up people to be what God has called them to be and releasing them to do what God has called them to do. Sending out, equipping, training, sending. I can be more concerned about uh, pleasing their flesh, thus bringing in me a lot of dollars type of deal, see? It's the same thing. Okay, let's continue. I think we're on verse 15. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Okay. Well, what God is saying there is us keeping God in his place, Lord. Thank you this morning that we was able to live another day. Lord, what do you want us to do today? See, we're, we're automatically giving him time. Giving him the master of our time. Lord, today is yours. I'm your willing vessel. So let me know, Lord, how I can be used for you. Yes, Lord, let's keep going. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Oh, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Okay, to him who knows to do good, but does not, to him it is sin. Which means, when you stand before the throne, and you lived on this earth, and you had so much time to do what God told you to do, and God gave you a command, let's say you was 22, right there. And let's say... You're up to 50 right here, okay? But God told you at 22, I want you to go to Mozambique. I want you to go to China. Now listen, this very thing happened to me, Bride, actually. This very thing. Not about the foreign country, but about something else. And if that person, like I did, says, No! I am not paying that price. <clears throat> I am not doing that. So then they keep going down life. They keep making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Until one day, God just falls them flat on their face again. Twelve years later, this is me, twelve years later. God says, I said, <laughs> I want you to do that. And then you turn around and say, Lord, I can't, I'm not that type of woman. How can you expect me to do that? And he said, trust me and I will take you there. So in other words, when a person surrenders, okay? When a person surrenders and they're still living, 
God will redeem the time. Yes, he has. Bride, and now, that's been four and a half years now. Uh, and I, God has redeemed the time. And so, but what my point is, is that if not, this person comes up to this time and has never surrendered, and then this person dies and falls over into eternity, okay? Well, then that person will stand before God himself, and God will say, I'm going to show you. Now, the Lord did this to me one time. I went into an open vision. And he showed me what it's going to be like on Judgment Day. Bride, let me tell you, it was terrible beyond belief. Because the Lord said, I'm going to show you what your life was like if you would have surrendered. I mean, all the people and the souls that were affected because you were not where you were supposed to be and you refused to obey me. Bride, I fell back on the floor. This was in Clarksville, Tennessee. I went in, I was in sin. I was not living right. I was in the church. I was kind of like what it's talking about here in chapter 4. One foot in, one foot out. I knew better. I was a minister. I knew better. Well, this evangelist prayed for me. I fell back on the floor and went into an open vision. And in this open vision, I was standing before the throne. And all of a sudden, this video started playing. And the Lord showed me all the people that were affected because I was not where I was supposed to be. I saw people going to hell by the droves. And I knew this one girl, and she was a girl that we was taking to church, me and my mother, and we was discipling her, and we would tell her, you need to quit smoking, because, see, God had delivered us from smoking. And then she said, well... You know, I used to be on drugs and uh, used to be a prostitute, so, uh, and I used to be an alcoholic, so this is all I have left. I got to keep this. Well, we kept pressuring and pressuring. Well, one day she quit church. She quit church about a month later, I'd say, and then died a month later of a drug overdose. And when I was laying on the floor, I saw that poor girl. Oh, and by the way, I went to her funeral. It was cold as ice. You could feel Satan in the room. You knew this girl went to hell. So sad. Nobody was there. It was really sad. Just a very cold, empty room. And so I'm laying there on the floor, being slain in the spirit. My life is flashing before my eyes of all these people that went to hell because I was not where I should have been. And I saw that girl. Listen, I was laying on the floor and I grabbed my hair. I was literally wanting to pull my hair out. I was screaming, repenting to the Lord. I'm so sorry, Lord. I am so sorry. See, I had squandered my time on the earth. And these people have went to hell because of it. Because I was not where I was supposed to be. So, when the person, though, repents and turns from their wicked ways and they turn around and say okay Lord I will do what you have called me to do uh, if you will give me the strength to do it okay the Lord will redeem the time he will pull it together he will redeem it and he will make it happen okay I want to read a few other scriptures having to do with time 
Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. <coughs> Excuse me. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather the stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. In other words, everything there is time. Second Peter 3.8 But do not overlook the one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. Psalm 90.12 So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. That's what we learned in this scripture this morning in uh, James chapter 4. We need to ask the Lord. Lord, help us to plan our day. Okay, Ephesians 5.16 Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Yes, making the best use of our time. Uh, James, let's see, Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Psalm 31.15 my times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. In other words, Lord, I lay my life down in your hands. I lay my time in your hands. Save me, O Lord. Okay, Ephesians 1.10 As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. 2 Corinthians 6.2 For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The Lord is a present God. Come on now. The Lord's mercies are new every day. Every day we have this gift to live, and every day is God there. You know, oh, hey, I want to share this, bride. This is a revelation the Lord gave me. Did you know that I used to be so consumed about my future, okay, that I could not even enjoy God in the present? I was so consumed and worried about my future, I could not even enjoy God in the present. Because I would always be trying to plan and work things out because I was so worried about the future. But the Lord taught me, let me have your future, enjoy me today. And now, you know, Brad, I feel like I'm living. I am living now because I am recognizing today. I am in the present. I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying my time with the Lord because I recognize the now of it. Okay? All right, let's keep going. Proverbs 16.3 Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Bam! We commit this day to you, Lord. Establish our plans, Lord. Mark 13.32 
But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. In other words, bride, that's another thing that is an idol to us, is timing. How can that be an idol? Because we are not trusting God in the process. It is a process. God's timing is the best timing. Amen. Trusting God in the process is trusting Him with time. Lord, even though... Okay, like say in my instance without a car. Alright, Lord, even though I don't have a car today, I'm trusting you, Lord, in the process. I know a car is coming because you're my provider. So I love you when you say yes, and I love you when you say no. I love you when it's there, and I love you when it's not. I love you when I don't understand, and I love you when I do understand. And I love you when I'm in the process, and I love you when it's arrived. That's the point of living for today. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's the point of living in today. Okay, so let's keep going with these other scriptures. Galatians 4.4 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In other words, perfect timing. We got to trust God for perfect timing. John 9, 4. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. You know what that reminds me of, Bride, in John 9? It's like, uh, it grieves me as a minister to see ministries not preparing people for what's coming. And that they could be the watchman on the wall in me, uh, wanting to warn the bride and prepare her. The mark of the beast. Do not take the mark of the beast. You know? And then these other ones over here saying, everything's a blessing. There's a blessing coming. Uh, you know, all this stuff. And I'm thinking, people, we have got the end of the world is here. <laughs> you know? Prepare them for the end of the world, for heaven's sake. So that's what it's saying here. Uh, well, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. That's in Ecclesiastes 31. And then Psalms 31, 14 through 15. But I trust in you, O Lord, I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. John 1, 1 through 51. Let's go over there. Let's turn our Bibles to Mark. I mean to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Alright, let's go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're in John. John 1. Okay, Brian, remember in my Bible, this is my mother's Bible. This is the King James Thompson Chain Reference Bible. This is what I use, King James Version. And then on my little man here is the Version app. Let's see if I can get it on film here. See right there? It looks like the little holy Bible. 
It's the U version app. That's the little man that reads to us every morning. So let me scroll down here to John and then go to chapter 1. Alright, here we go. Don't you think that's funny? I just now caught on to that. You have the first five verses talking about the beginning of time and how God created the earth and brought the light in the midst of the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. And then all of a sudden it goes into John, into the future. And I've never caught on to that before. Okay, so let's move on. For this scripture about the true light. Let me highlight that. There is a false light happening right now, Brad. With false signs, miracles, and wonders. Sometimes it will even have sex with humans. It's called incubus or succubus. It is a false light. You know, the devil comes as an angel of light. He will try to look like the Holy Ghost. He will try to act like the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of this false stuff happening that is not true. It is a false light. And the Lord has showed us time and time again in Scripture about true light. And there must be a reason that God is wanting to point that out. Now it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that comes into the world. Isn't that something? Alright, here we go. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Yeah. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, yes, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, yes, glory Lord. as of the only of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Wow, profound statement. Have all we received, and grace for grace. That's awesome. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth 
Wow. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed, and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then art thou, Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. As powerful, isn't it, Brad? One of the Pharisees, and they asked him, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? Mm. John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. Woo, yes. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me. Whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. Oh. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Now, Brian, first of all, I just gotta say, can you imagine after all this time of John telling humanity, There is one coming after me who's latching, I'm not even worthy to tie. He was created long before me. I mean, the revelation and the the gall of this man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, to be preaching something these people have never heard of, they've never seen. Uh, but, of course, I mean, it is fulfilling prophecy. But he is out there. Boy, you talking about strict obedience. Come on now. He's eating off wild oats and honey. I mean, not oats, but uh, locust and honey. You know, this guy is uh, awesome. But can you imagine, though, after all that time, and then to see him, the one that you talked about for so long, walk up before your eyes. I mean, can you imagine how that man was thinking? He was probably wanting to jump out of his skin in excitement that God had arrived. God himself has showed up on the earth in a coat of skin. I mean, could you imagine, like, how you would feel? Just amazing. I just try to put myself in his position, like, oh my gosh. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I oh. said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Oh. And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Wow. And bare record. This is the Son of God. Wow. Now think about that, Brad, what that scripture says right there. And I knew him not. Now this is John. This is in John chapter 1. He's talking about when Jesus walks up. 
Now here's John. He's never met him, but he's preached about him. And he's told the world that this man is coming. And then he walks up and he tells everybody, This is the one I'm talking about. This is the one I've been preparing you for. And then he said, I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom, now this is God talking to John, okay? Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Now, I think that is a profound statement, bride. Because remember me teaching you about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, but they're one. They're the same. The Word of God reflects that. How do you say that? Well, the Old Testament reflects God. When you read the scriptures of the Old Testament, you begin to see God's heart. And you see... Uh, why is God so righteous? Why is he so holy? Why did he make those rules? Like when I studied about tattoos, God, why, why did you say that about tattoos? What was you thinking? And God revealed it to me. That's what the Old Testament is for. It reveals God. Okay, well then you got the middle of the book. Okay, the middle of the book is Jesus. When Jesus came to the earth, we got to see that part of him. Now we're learning how does he think? Well, Jesus is very much uh, about the heart. He's the heart. He's the righteous judge, the holy. Jesus is the heart who tested the rich man and, and tested these people. Do you want to get healed? If not, go on, you know, type of deal. He tests the heart. But then Jesus says when he's ascended, I must go so that the Holy Ghost can come. Okay, well, Jesus goes, and then here he comes. This is the Holy Ghost, and this is who we are experiencing. We are able to experience. We are still the Bible that's being written. This is still going on. We are experiencing the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost. He is, when I teach children, I teach them, the Holy Ghost is our superpower. See what I mean? The Holy Ghost, uh, He is on the inside of us. He leads us and guides us into all the truth. He talks to us. He teaches us. He comforts us. Uh, he lets us know, checks in our spirit when things are not right. I mean, it's amazing. And then when time is done, which we're just about done, Brian. We're the generation that's going to finish out this whole book. We're going to finish time, okay? When time is done, the Holy Spirit will go back up to heaven with God. The three will be united. And then we will step into the millennial reign. The thousand years. You know, after the seven years of tribulation. But this whole book is revealing God. Old Testament God. New Testament. The beginning, Jesus. And the ending is the Holy Spirit. But they're all one. You see one book, one manifestation. But there's three different parts. And it's the same with us, okay? We are in the image of God. We are a body, okay? We live, we have a spirit, which represents our conscience and like, you know, keeping us in tune with heaven. 
That spirit, when we die, goes back to God who gave it. Okay? The body the, goes back to the earth, the dust. But the soul is what is judged. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why we have to beat our soul into submission. We have to tell our soul, you want to go over here? You want to oversleep? I had to battle this this morning because I went to bed so late last night doing that video. I had to tell myself, you will get up and obey the Lord. You have, my spirit man has to rise up and has to take authority over my body and my soul. That's why these people that say, uh, I am going to have sex with this married man because I am in love with him. You cannot tell me who to love. That's what homosexuals say too. You cannot tell me who to love. If my heart goes there, I'm going there. No! People! Your heart is evil. Come on now. That's what the Word says. The Word says it itself. Your heart is evil. It plans evil things. You have to tell your heart what to do. You tell, I refuse to go over there and cheat with that married man. I refuse to partner with sin. You old heart, I'm going to fast now that you said that. I'm going to tell you, you don't tell me to go off and sin. So when people say, my heart tells me I'm in love with this married man, so I got to leave my husband and go over here. Or if it says, my heart is telling me I want to be a homosexual, who are you to tell me who to love? No, the Bible says if you go off into a sin, it means your heart has already been enticed. Come on now. That lust is already there. You have entertained sexual immorality. You have entertained pornography. You have entertained watching things you should not have been watching. Listening to that satanic, ungodly, worldly, filthy, vomit music that tells you, Oh, uh, let me grind on you. I want you. I want your body. You know, whatever these satanic tunes are. And then you've allowed that filth and that vomit to fill your temple that God gave you that he wants to fill. And you put that filth in there. And then when devil steps forward with this very sexy, good-looking man who is wanting to take you to bed because he's so full of lust he don't know what to do with himself. So his lust mixed with your lust comes a fireball, 50 shades of gray. You turn around and you fall and then you say, oh, that was just an accident. I really, It just happened in one day. I didn't mean it. Nothing meant by Police! Police! The only reason you did that is because the lust was already there. It's already festering right here. And then you stepped over when the temptation came. You stepped over and you acted on it. Okay, let's take like me. I'm not tempted to do drugs at all. And let's say somebody knocks on my door. Hey, I've got some Quaaludes or Coke or, you know, whatever their terms are. I would love for you to have some. Well, pfft. I would just say, I rebuke you, devil. 
you come off my property. You know, like, I would, I don't know what I would do to somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Because the lust is not even there. The consideration of it is not even there. See what I mean? So why would I just up and do something I was not already considering? No. The Bible is the truth. The Bible says, if you have went off into sin, it's because your lust has already brought you there. I don't know why I went off into that. But somebody obviously must need to hear that. Okay, well, let's continue on in John chapter 1. Who stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Verse 36. The Lamb of God. Oh. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Oh. Then Jesus turned, and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. Oh. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus will go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was up at Zadar. Jesus is gathering all his disciples. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any <laughs> that is so funny. Can y'all imagine what that guy said? He told him Jesus come out of Nazareth, and this guy says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, this has got to be not good because this guy came out of Nazareth. I just thought that was funny, Brad. Then <laughs> and then they turned around and said unto him, Well, come and see. And look for yourself. Daniel coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Oh, isn't Nathaniel that beautiful? And saith unto him, Rabbi, Aww. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Oh, come on, Jesus. Him, verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter, ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Oh, isn't that beautiful? In other words, Jesus told Nathaniel, Son, you're about to see the supernatural. If you thought that was awesome just because I saw you under a fig tree, <laughs> you're about to see the supernatural. That's awesome, Brad. Okay, here's a few more scriptures, and then I have to get off here for the team. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there's peace and security, boy, are they saying that today or what, Brad? Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Psalm 92. 90 verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Which means you are the creator of time, God. Psalm 90 verse 4. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. Colossians 4 or 5. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Philippians three thirteen through 14 Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. Made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, Lord! We are pressing forward in time towards the goal of the high prize of the calling of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Romans thirteen eleven. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Ecclesiastes 3.11 He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Esther 4.14 For if you keep silent at this time... This is for us today, Bride, if we keep silent. Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. Oh, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Well, that's what I'm going to end on today, Bride. We are in this kingdom for such a time as this. I'm going to pray for us this morning. That we will redeem the time and we will know and be sober of the times that we live in. Lord, we just come to you this morning on behalf of all my friends watching this broadcast, Lord, about time. We thank you, Lord, for encouraging us in your word this morning, Lord, that time is precious. And to know that you're the God of the now and you are ever present. And you are the one that has our future, Lord. We just have to live in obedience today. And you will take care of our tomorrow. Today, we have the things that we need. Today, we are alert and sober. Today, we shall hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches today, Lord. We thank you and give you praise. And Lord, too, we want to repent on behalf of our own heart and neglecting you with time. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us for that, Lord, for placing that idol of time before you and your purposes in the earth. And Lord, we give you the time back in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, Brian. Well, y'all have a good day. Linda Isbell, do you do Bible study lessons every day, Sister Jean? The reason I ask is because Facebook has only let me see just a few. What? I need these lessons daily. Yes, ma'am. I do it every morning uh, at, eight, at 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock Central Time. And what I've been doing, see, right now we're on this 40 days uh, praying initiative, and we pray over and repent about one idol a day. Today we're repenting over the idol of time. And so what I do is I do a Bible study on that idol. And uh, we talk about what does the word say about this? How is this an idol? And today we're tackling the idol of time. And it's because we're selfish with it. You know, we take time and we uh, do with it what we want instead of surrendering our time over to the Lord and asking him what he wants to do with it. And remember yesterday, or the day before we studied finances, how we handle our finances. Do we ask the Lord, Lord, uh, somebody just donated $100. What are you going to do with that $100? Because, see, your flesh would want to do something else. Your flesh would want to, you know, pay your own bills or do whatever, go grocery shopping or whatnot. But God, He wants to be the Lord and ruler of all. He is jealous over us. So, yes, ma'am, every morning at 7 o'clock. And I appreciate your support. Okay, God bless y'all. And if y'all would share this video so other people can learn, uh, that would be great. Okay, God bless y'all.